Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Rylo, Rotary District 5810. That's 5810 if you're keeping score at home. My name is Greg Tupper, sitting over in his luxury suite is the man they call Josie, Andrew Josiatz. Hello, Andrew Josiatz. Hello, Greg Tepper. You doing all right? Yeah. Have you um have you gained any skills during this um during this lockdown, during this um this quarantine? I am working on um gaining playing guitar as a skill. Ooh. I'm trying to really? get the girls. I'm married, yeah. but <laughs> No, yeah, I'm. I'm sure. I'm sure your wife, who I know listens to this podcast, <laughs> is thrilled about that. She's like, "You should have learned the guitar before we got together." I was like, "Well, yeah. but we're already together." So, so I have picked up. Um, for those, this will probably it'll probably be over by the time people hear this, but uh, eh, whatever. Here we go. Um, I have started. Uh, I've started streaming the 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 classic. Uh, computer game uh, backyard baseball <laughs> on Twitch because I'm an adult and um, and so if you want to follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Greg Tepper uh, the Mighty Wombats uh, after I get done with that this I uh, have a, a big game tonight against the humongous Melonheads so it's going to be a is big a, time game is it like championship game uh, no it's just it's it's uh we're looking to clinch the league title it's oh, it's been okay. good pablo sanchez has been on heater lately so it's been uh it's been pretty good anyway we are just beating around the bush because this is your uh your uh rylacast the official podcast of rotary district 5810 and we are not alone josie we're not. we're not normally it's just you and me but instead we go to the east coast Ugh. go to the <laughs> east coast and bring in our very special guest. It's Kat Kazmeskis. Yay! Yeah. Hi, Kat. Hi. Where on the East Coast are you? I am sitting right now in uh, Belmont, Massachusetts. Belmont, Where is Belmont in relation to anything I've heard of in Massachusetts? Uh, so there's a couple of universities in a little town called Cambridge, and we're right outside Cambridge. Got it. Okay. It's where the Belmont Stakes is held, Greg. Is that right? No, I don't think so. In our backyard. That's absolutely right. Yeah, you're having this in your backyard. Yeah. In your backyard. Wow. You know, I learned something today. It's always very Okay. So Kat, thanks for thanks for staying up past your bedtime to talk with us. You're welcome. Uh we are going to talk with Kat here in just a minute. Uh, but first, Kat, you may remember that I sent you a PDF, and in that PDF, it had a bunch of words on 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 that on that PDF or and, and phrases. And we asked you to select one. Do you remember which one you selected? I do. It is self motivation. <laughs> I was just gonna I was just gonna lay out on you. I didn't. I'm sorry. Could, could, you, could, you, could you say that again? Which one was it? Self motivation. Self-motivation. That is the topic of this episode of the Rylacast, as dictated by our very special guest, Kat Kazmeskis. And I have the supersized segment. I've got the extra piece of chicken in this big box. And so here is something to think about. Um, So self-motivation, it's really, really easy and fun for me to just tie this back into sports. And so that's what I'm going to do. Because there's two different kinds of 
I think athletes. And there are those who require external motivation in order to do what they, uh, what they need to do. And I'll give you an example. Um, so, so folks may know that I am uh, the editor of a football magazine. I cover high school football in Texas, and I also do uh, a small bit of television work. And let me tell you about my Twitter feed and about my email and about all of the people who would like you to know that Greg Tepper doesn't believe in them. Greg Tepper thinks their team is trash and Greg Tepper thinks this and Greg Tepper hates our team and this and that and this and that. And I'm always amazed by those types of people because who am I? You know what I mean? Like why, why does my opinion have any sort of weight and why is it that, that, that it, what I say matters now, don't get me wrong. That's kind of fun, but it, it, it really shouldn't. And it struck me a couple of years ago that what you have is a, a rampant uh, form of, of fake disrespect. It's a lot of people who they need that extra boost from an external source from somewhere. They need a doubter. They need a hater. They need somebody who doesn't believe in them so that then that can be their motivating force. And I don't begrudge them that. I'm happy to do that. Please buy my magazine, texasfootball.com. But what I'm saying is... That that is one group of people who need that kind of external motivation. But recently, I was watching, and Josie, I think perhaps you may have been watching it because you are also a nerd. Um, have you I been think- watching this documentary series uh, on ESPN, The Last Dance? I have, as you a matter have. of fact. So, Kat, have you been watching it? Unfortunately, I have not. Ooh, you should. It is about uh, Michael Jordan. And the Bulls and, and, and the 90s Bulls and, and, and how they came to be, you know, arguably the greatest dynasty in, in NBA history. And what struck me so much, what struck me so much about uh, Michael Jordan is that, yes, there were definitely times that people doubted him, that there's a myth going around that he was cut from his high school basketball team, which is only very, very loosely true. Uh, but there were definitely some people who thought, you know, he wasn't picked first in the draft. He went third in the draft behind Hakeem Olajuwon and Sam Bowie. Um, but what's interesting to me is that there did come a point in his career where he had kind of accomplished everything, right? He had, he had been, he'd been a, a champion. He had been an MVP. He was pretty clearly like, according to his peers and everyone who followed basketball, like the best player in the league and a chance to be like a legend at that point. And yet he stayed motivated by not external forces, but only by himself and saying, no, I'm going to set my own goals for myself. And I think that when you talk about self-motivation, a lot of it is, is finding, uh, it, it, a lot of it goes back to goal setting. It goes back to be able to say, this is what I want to accomplish. This is why I want to accomplish it. Here's the time frame in which I want to accomplish it. And here are the steps in which I'm going to take in order to get to that point. And what I really admire about uh, people who can do that is that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to, to put something out there and say, I'm going to go and reach that. And I'm not going to ask anybody else to help me get there. That's not to say you can't ask for help. That's just to say that I'm not going to require anyone else to spark me to get there. I'm going to get there 
myself. And so those were the types of things when, when, when Kat first sent along this, uh, this topic, that was the first thing that came to mind is like, I really feel like there are two types of two types of people, especially in leadership. There are those who need others to motivate them. Like they need to be chasing someone. And there are those who want to run at the front of the pack and be like, I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm just competing for my own time. I'm competing uh, to win, to, to, to get the best possible time for myself. Um, and so that was the first thing that came about whenever I was thinking about self-motivation. And, and I, I wonder, um, I wonder, it, it gets back to a message of what drives you. And I wonder which leaders are driven by uh, their own sense of, uh, of, of what they want and which leaders are driven by uh, maybe what other people are doing. And that is something to think about. Other than that, I'm just, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was a really good something to think about. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I'm tired uh, of talking now. Let's let somebody else talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you know anyone else? Who um, could- yeah, actually, I've always had questions for somebody who lives in Massachusetts. And with that, <laughs> We go to our very special guest. You know her. You love her. She's Kat Kuzmeskis. Yay! Yay! Hi, Kat. Hi. Thanks for thanks for spending some time with us. I know that you're very busy, and you told me in confidence before we started recording that you have not gotten out of your pajamas all day. That is true. That is an that accurate. Is true. Okay. Yep. That's yep. uh. Don't stay between us. That's yeah. Don't worry. Yeah, I'll edit this out. Spoiler. <laughs> he didn't edit this out. There's no shame. Nope. Um, so, um, thanks for spending some time with us. And my my first question is about your connection to Ryla. Because, and I, this is, I don't think you and I have ever actually talked about this. I don't know if I actually know the story. Can you tell us about? how you came to be involved with, with, with Ryla, how you came to be involved with the program. Cause I genuinely do not know. Yeah, absolutely. I think my story probably parallels a few others or many others in Ryla and the Ryla family, but my, I'm the youngest of two older brothers. We're all very close in age. We're all in high school relatively at the same time. And my oldest brother, Brandon came back from Ryla and he was so excited and just couldn't, he had so much energy about this camp that he had just gone to. And he came home and he said, that was the most amazing experience I've ever had in my life. And I asked him a lot of questions as I usually do. And the only thing he would tell me is you have to experience it for yourself. I can't tell you it was just amazing. And so he was about, I guess, three years, four years older than me. And so from that day forward, I said, well, I don't know what this Ryla thing is, but bro said it was amazing. So I should probably check it out. (laughs) And so I applied and I was really nervous about applying. Um, It was pretty competitive. I went to Berkner High School in Richardson. And uh, I remember, I literally still to this day, remember the interview with Rotarians in the guidance counselor's office. And I also remember my... uh, Number one competitor, speaking of sports, I'm obviously a very competitive person if you didn't know that. Uh, And I remember asking her kindly, curiously, how her interview went with the Rotarian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a low-key savage thing to do. I know, I know. And she said, oh my gosh, I think it went so well. 
I knew exactly what the four-way test was. They didn't even ask me and I recited it right, right in the, right in the interview. And I, I freaked out internally and I said, oh, that's great. And like walked away. And I, I, I was like, what the heck is the four-way test? I didn't study that. Can I have studied that? What is this? I don't know. I'm not going to get it. I'm just not going to get it. And I was just so worried about not being able to get in and not getting selected. Um, but long story short, here we are. Uh, I ended up getting selected for Camp Ryla and it was totally life-changing. Everything my bro said was accurate. And I still don't know the four-way test. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Hold on. Hashtag not, learn... a not a Rotarian. <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's teach you this right now. We're gonna make sure we get this right. Uh, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? And will, will it be beneficial to all concerned? That... There you go. That's yep. the four-way test. There we you go. Should, you should get that tattooed. Uh, okay, and I, I will know it by July. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so that was then. So where where are you now? I mean, we know where you physically are now, but what do you do for a living? Yeah, so I am the co-founder and CEO of Tamarin Health, and we are a healthcare technology company, and our whole focus is providing tools to help health help make healthcare easier. Um, we really focus on bringing providers and employers together, but the whole idea was really based out of frustration when I was a hospital administrator at Yale New Haven. I needed better tools. I couldn't find them and identified an opportunity in the market and then made a decision to leave a very comfortable job in 2016 and started my own company in 2017. Okay. So I know you work a lot with blockchain and I'm really, I'm really passionate about this. So first and foremost, uh, what's a blockchain? And secondly, <laughs> I have three blockchain. Is that a lot? <laughs> it depends. It, it really depends. Uh, you know, my favorite blockchains are the ones that you can find on the corner of the guy holding them in his jacket. He's like, I've got the best blockchain. Do you want this blockchain? Mm. Those are- oh, you, oh, you've met Stan too. I have. I have. He, you know, he's legit. He is, uh, he's the go-to man. Okay. That's good. No, it's all fun and games for y'all, but I'm taking copious <laughs> notes about where to get these blockchains. <laughs> okay. I'll send you his, I'll send you his address. Um, but, uh, where you can get, where you can get a couple of, you can get a baggie of blockchain. Um, so, um, my, Kat, one, one thing I'm interested in is you are somebody who travels in, it, it is a lift for you to come into camp. Like it is not just, I'm going to get in my car and drive to middle of the inner Bridgeport or wherever. Um, it is a, it is, it takes a lot of effort to be involved. So why? Like what what about the program makes it worth this effort? What keeps you coming back? Yeah, so I think the reason that I keep coming back is twofold. Is one, the ability to give back to a camp that has given me so much. So really the way that I lead the company as a CEO is kind of it's really based on two pillars. One is a lot of what I've learned from Camp Ryla. And I believe and have believed since Camp Ryla and as a Posey leadership scholar at Austin College, which is my alma mater, I, I learned very early on that you should be a forever scholar of leadership. Uh, you don't just take a course or go to a camp and you're done learning about leadership. It, it really should be a lifetime of learning. There's, there's always something where you can do better, learn more, and grow as a leader. Um, 
So being able to give back to camp is really important to me. I think there's a lot of us that share that same sentiment at staff, at the staff level. Um, but I think the other side is that I really use it as a way to sharpen my sword when it comes to leadership, kind of a weird metaphor, but sharpen my skills, I guess. Um, there's as a CEO of a, of a startup company, I don't have the luxury that I used to have, which is free time or a lot of time to sit and think and reflect like I did when I was working at Yale New Haven and I had time to come up with this idea of starting a company. I also don't have a lot of time to kind of sit back, think and reflect on on deeply on how to be a better leader. It's, it's not as deep as I want it to be. So Camp Ryla really gives me uh, a very concentrated time where I can sharpen my skills as a leader. As a counselor, uh, I'm working with highly, highly intelligent and brilliant high school students uh, that are challenging. It's They are cream of the crop. They are already fantastic leaders. How can I, as their counselor, make them just a little bit better? And that's really, really difficult. And so I really like the challenge that comes with Camp Ryla. Um, I really like the challenge that comes from a staff perspective, the creativity that comes from being a counselor. Um, and I take that and carry it through the, the entire year as a CEO and really taking what I learned at Camp Ryla and taking what the campers taught me and what our staff taught me and bringing that back to the company. Um, so it really is just, it's kind of a meant, meant to be a, I really look at it as an educational opportunity um, and also just a way to give back to what camp has given me. So you chose the word self-motivation. Do you care to elaborate on why you chose that? Yes. So I, it's interesting because I first saw motivation and while I was reading this list, I was wondering if there was any rationale for the order of the words. Um, But I came across motivation first and I, and I, almost stopped there, but then I kept reading and I saw self-motivation. And that one meant a lot more to me specifically right now, because as a company, it it may seem counterintuitive, but we have been significantly impacted by the COVID-19 outbreak. Mm-hmm. Uh, the certain program that we support in healthcare, our expected revenue and volume has dropped by 90%. So what we've had to do as a company is really think about what's the pivot? What do we do even temporarily over the next three to four to six months as a company to to make it through this time? And it's been really, really challenging. It's been being a founder of a company is hard in general, um, but this has probably been... It's funny because last year I was like, it really can't get any worse, can it? (laughs) And then we had a pandemic. (laughs) So all these three years have just been unbelievably challenging. So when I saw motivation, I I thought like team motivation is really important. But then when I got to self-motivation, that resonated more because what I've really had to do right now when every minute and every second feels so hard is I've had to dig in and ask myself, why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why did I decide to do this? And it brings me back to the root of why. Um, and the the word that I came up with this week, actually, when really trying to figure out why, is freedom. 
So for me, freedom as a CEO means freedom from a perspective of being able to give raises to my team, which we haven't had since we, I mean, I haven't given a raise to my team since we've been founded. Freedom means the ability to grow a company without external venture capital, which would be my goal. Mm -hmm. Freedom means being able to create something in healthcare that didn't exist before. Freedom to me from a household perspective means freedom in my schedule. I work a lot, but I feel freedom because I've chosen to do that work. I really like to work anyway. And I decided when I was at at Yale, I was like, well, if I really like working, I kind of feel like I should work for myself and create something because I feel like I would have a lot more freedom. Um, And then from the perspective of what we've pivoted to, we've actually created a return to work safely program where we surround employees with the care and support that they need to feel comfortable going back to work when they feel like they may not, they should not be going back to work. Um, We've heard a lot of people talking about this. It's really scary to go back to work right now, especially in places like Georgia or Tennessee that may be opening up too early. So we want to give them the freedom and the business owner's freedom to open up in a very safe way. Um, So I've really had to focus on that self-motivation piece to keep going. Um, And I think that's really important. Tepper, I think you touched on the perspective when you look at athletes. Um, Mm. Athletes fail all the time. I fail a thousand times in a day. And if I stopped the first time I failed, I would have been done in 2016 when I first stepped out of out of Yale New Haven for the first time. But to keep going, you have to keep asking yourself, why are you here? There has to be something bigger. It cannot be about money. It cannot be about prestige because that does not last. It has to be about a, a bigger... It has to be about something bigger, something that's that drives you from the inside. And for me, right now, that perspective is freedom. Okay, Kat. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Very fired up. Are you hiring? Uh, also, <laughs> um, I want to go back and, and, and touch on, on something about camp for a second, because there, there's something I've, I've been asking some people lately, and, and I think that it's a, it's a fun question, which is, what's your moment at camp? And what I mean by that is I feel like people who have come back to camp uh, regularly, as you have, um, all have a moment or a, an event or, or a something at camp that they're like, oh, here it comes. Like, this is, this is it. It's going to happen. Like, the thing that you most look forward to. Do you have a moment that immediately springs to mind that you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the one? So, yes, as a counselor, I really love discord and I love failure. I really <laughs> All right, so we our our social media team does uh does graphics for this and right there, that's the quote. I want to highlight that for the social media team listening to this. Uh, that's the one I want on the poster. Yes. It's so true, but I love the failure, especially at Camp Rila, because these students, we talk about it all the time, these students are top performing in academics, athletics, uh, theater, all across the board. They are the top, top, top. 
So when they come together and some of them are failing for the first time, it's so important because failure, failure is important and failure in and of itself is not inherently bad. Only when you don't learn from failure is that bad. And so it's a really important opportunity. We talk about this a lot at camp. Camp is the, literally the most safe place to fail. And it's, it's, a, it's just so great. That's what I look forward to is the failure because there's so much growth that can come from that failure and so many opportunities to teach and educate. Uh, and one of the things that I love to do is I love to bring the cabin through self-awareness and experiencing failure and kind of like wrestling with failure and feeling that failure and then moving through that failure. So I really love failure. <laughs> yeah, samesies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now is the is the time. Um, I'm sure as an avid listener of this award-winning asterisk podcast, um, <laughs> now is the time where we invite our guest, our special guest, to plug something, whether it's a, um, I don't know, like a, a tool that'll make healthcare easier or podcast or book. Um, but the floor is yours, Kat. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. So I'm going to go back to your blockchain question because we never answered that. And then I'm going yes. to return, return to work safely. Yes. So Stan is not real, TLDR, uh, for those of you that weren't quite sure. So blockchain is such a cool technology. Uh, it is it is simple in nature, and that's what's so confusing about it, is because everyone wants it to be so much bigger than it is, but it's so simple. It is a piece of technology that creates a list that cannot be deleted or changed. Now, there are some other cool stuff, like just that inherent fact that you create a list that can't be deleted or changed allows you to do some really, really cool things. Uh, and in our current technology right now, for those of you that may be receiving or have received a test to see whether or not you are uh, COVID or I guess whether or not you have the coronavirus, uh, in our technology, we actually keep a track record and a record of all of your test results. And the reason why that's important is because in our application, neither you nor we nor a physician, anybody else that may have access to your health information that you've given that information too. No one can delete or change that information. And this is really important specifically right now from a public health perspective when we talk about surveillance and contact, tra contact tracing. So what we have is a very accurate record of your test when you took it and the results. So you can have this, this long record of all of your test results and anyone that looks at that for any reason will know that it's verified and there is proof that the result that you received is the result that is, and it is very accurate. So that's what blockchain technology is. It is really cool. Um, just think of it as a way of, if you have information that really should not be tampered with, um, that's really the inherent use of blockchain technology in its simplest form. There's a lot of really cool, other cool stuff you can do with it. Um, but the biggest takeaway is just you have this list that can't be deleted or changed. And then the final plug is uh, our return to work program is, and honestly, if this is, this actually will be completely relevant until this coronavirus is gone and 
in our rearview mirror. But the Return to Work Safely program is essentially a, a set of tools that an employer or business owner can provide for their team. Think of it like a care network. And it includes telemedicine, COVID testing, and access to remote care so that if at any point anyone on the team is concerned about having been exposed to or actually having the coronavirus, we help take care of that entire process for them. Everything from coordinating access to free testing to helping to make sure that the employee recovers safely at home. And then we also provide really cool analytics that help larger employers plan the return back to work. So the rolling or the opening of their of their work site. So by department, by location, so everyone can come back to work safely. That's very, very cool. Um, and yeah. Okay. So is there, so, so where can I, where can I check that out? Oh, great. So you can go to our website, tamarin.health, T-A-M-A-R-I-N. And that is named after the tamarin monkey, which, uh, we love the tamarin monkey specifically because they're known to create support networks for each other. And we see our role similarly for healthcare. So we really like to create support networks for patients and providers and employers. So finally, one question for, for Kat Kazmeskis, our special guest. You were, um, most people know this, but, um, but you were listed in Fortune as one of 34 leaders who are changing healthcare. And I didn't just read that from your Twitter bio. And so <laughs> like a lot of people know that. Most people, that's the first thing people know about is that but but uh, my question is something along those same lines which is how often do people mispronounce your last name oh my gosh all the time the z freaks them out i think it freaks me out yeah yeah like it's- i like i want you to go back when this podcast comes out i want you to go back and listen to how tentatively i wade into those waters <laughs> uh, it's it's and here's Kat Kuzmaskis. Like I nailed it, but like, I'm so like, it just, it, it scares me. Yes, I know. I know. It's intimidating, I, you know, but you did a great job and I really appreciate it. Okay. So what, what do you, do you get a lot of, uh, uh, what, what, what do you get a lot of? I get a lot of Kuz, Kuz, I can't say that. Uh, yeah. Kuz, Kuzmaskis? Kuz, I am not even going to try to say oh, it. You get, you get a lot of like mid name, like rip cords. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, oh, no, this is not it. Because no. like, no. at least I get a lot of like tapper and topper, you know, like <laughs> pronounceable ones. You just get like, ah, oh, no, it's not worth it. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, she's like, that's oh, fine. Cat, uh, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for having me. This was great. It's a lot of fun. Cat Kismaskis, yay! <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Hi, business owner. Kat, I'm not necessarily referring to you, although I'm not not referring to you. So (laughs) hi, business owner. Are you looking to get your business in front of tens, perhaps even dozens of podcast listeners? Well, then why don't you subscribe to the pot to the Rylacast so you can listen through it and be like, you know what? I think these guys got something going on. I want to advertise with them. And this can be your advertisement. I will do live reads. I'm I'm a dummy. I'll come up with a dumb sketch for your for your live read. It's fine. It'll be fun. And so if you want to advertise on the Rylacast, Josie. Uh, send us an email at info Ryla5810 at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter. Give us a shout at Ryla5810. This space could be full of your ad. 
and you could be making Josie a very happy man if you advertise on this, the Rylacast. Okay, and finally, we'll wrap it all up. We're coming around third, heading for home, and something to leave you with on the topic of self-motivation. We go to Andrew Josiatz. Yeah, I just don't feel like it. Oh, you, oh, I get what you're doing here. You're doing a whole, you're doing a bit. <laughs> you got me. You got it. Um, self-motivation. I When I saw that I had the something to leave you with, I wanted to run because I am not, self-motivation is something that I think, I mean, I know I've struggled with and I think is, is a difficult thing. You know, you like the, the fake disrespect season, as you were talking about and something to think about, Mm -hmm. that seems like an easy thing to, Oh, you know, Billy said in his magazine that I couldn't do this. Well, I'm going to prove Billy right. Uh, We're wrong. Sorry. You don't want to prove Billy right. Um, you want to prove them wrong, but, uh, the whole intrinsic, like I've struggled with developing that motivating factor, um, and have found that if, if I have the, the whole story in terms of what the outcome is, you know, and we, we talk a lot about personal development at camp, um, it helps me to, to figure out what I want to get. Um, and then that essentially becomes my self-motivating factor. Um, so just a couple different ways to to find that motivation um, is is figure out what drives you personally, what interests you, what how you want to grow. You know, we've talked to Kat who's who's laid out basically a um, for her it's been a three year, I'm sure it's much more than three year plan of, hey, I was doing this, I wanted to do why. And these are the steps I took to get there. Um, and so it's that personal goal and then a commitment to that goal. And one thing that Kat said that I really stuck to was the why, the finding your why to make sure that you always have that in your in your center in the uh, crosshairs. Hmm. Um, and then taking the initiative to actually do it, you know, act on opportunities and you know, sometimes the opportunity is to pivot. Um, and then f- uh, finally following it up with that optimism, the ability to keep going and pursue goals in the face of setbacks. Uh, I mean, I I wasn't just kidding around when I said, you know, I was fired up after hearing Kat talk about it. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm locked in. Let's well, go. And it takes, you, you said an important word there, which was optimism. Like it takes a certain level of, of optimism to stick to it, that if you don't have somebody chasing you, like it can be really easy to just be like, oh, I'm done. This is fine. No, it's close enough. Like, mm-hmm. like the, the, you've got to have that optimism and you've got to have that kind of way of pushing through um, any sort of uh, uh, obstacles that you have. So uh, yeah, Josie, I like that a lot. Good job, Josie. Well, thanks. And thanks, Kat. Yeah. Yeah. Kat? Thank you guys. This is great. Yeah. Was this as bad as you thought it was going to be? No, 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 not at all. I was she in said, she said that very, she was like, I thought this was going to be awful. <laughs> yes, just an absolute train wreck. But instead, it was adequate. It was. <laughs> it was no. no, I was nervous because I have been following this podcast for a while. And the quotes of everyone that ha- that has spoken so far have been so profound and I was mm-hmm. just really nervous because everyone has 
it's just amazing. And we just have a great, a great alumni. It's just wonderful. Yeah, it's but but here's the, here's the good news is that your quote about how you love failure is going to go up on the board too. So it's all good, Cat. You have left your mark. Oh, excellent! Wonderful. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for spending a little bit of your day with us. And if you liked this podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe, and tell a friend. And here with an antiquated way of telling a friend about Rylacast is Josie. In honor of blockchain, go ahead and take some construction paper, cut it into strips, and write a letter on each of those. Make a little chain, you know, hook it up to like the previous ones. And it's an unchangeable construction paper blockchain saying to listen to the Rylacast. Yes. Yeah. I think you nailed it. Uh, Thanks to Kev Kazmeskis for being our guest. And Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you next time on the Ryla Cast.